Welcome in. Friday morning. Football starts tonight for Canada West. RSAC also has their Labor Day games. This is a packed full weekend. Car and I are here for it. We're ready. But we now have all conferences in play for the season. Yeah, we got the RSAC tonight. We got Canada West today. We got OUA on Sunday, AUS on Saturday. We're doing our own little version of Good Morning Football here, a U Sports version of Good Morning Football for all the NFL Network fans in the room. I mean, I don't know if we have the charisma or the charm as some of the people on Good Morning Football, but I don't know. We were pretty charismatic when Alex Vreek and Angry ran last year. We don't have a scepter. Kyle Brandt. Alex freaking with an angry run. Uh, yeah. You know what? He he. They ran that same QB draw last weekend, and I was like, wasn't oh, as angry. Oh, was is not it? as angry. You know who <laughs> was angry pre- running last week though? Malcolm, Bussy, and the entire Montreal Caravans team. Yeah, angry we were running all over McGill. Uh, Malcolm Bussey definitely angry ran last week over uh, Bishops <laughs> in the pouring rain. Uh, no, no, there's there's lots of angry runners. It's just nobody had like the angry run. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it this week. You know what? Maybe it's going to come in the form of McMaster Marauder. Dan Bissett, just because it's Mac Western. Mind you, that's the last game on our slate. Do we want to start at the back and work forward or start with the games that are going on tonight? It is Friday. Games are happening tonight. We won't do that to all the good folks who listen to this podcast. Let's start at the top. Let's start with the Quebec Conference. Friday slate of games. Montreal, Concordia to kick this one off. Jonathan Senecal, 275 for three and a half touchdowns. Over under. Over. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> that was an easy over. He I looked like comfortable last week. He looked comfortable and you know he has the weapons, man. Doso and Shabbat. What do you do? What can you do against those are the, not only two of the best receivers in the Quebec conference, but two of the best receivers in the country. Carl Shabbat is one of your favorites. I know, I know that you love, love Carl Shabbat, but watching him run routes, he's so this isn't a slight at Carl Shabbat. He's so small <laughs> that <laughs> we said that last week. I know, but he looks when he's running routes like he's just kind of gliding through defenses and then all of a sudden he just pops open into a window catches the ball and is like holy crap where'd you come from dude you know who else was like that who rob bag yeah but rob bag isn't that small and rob bag was deezed yeah (laughs) it still is (laughs) um no, well, I, yeah, but now he's just, instead of intimidating defenses, he's just intimidating the good citizens of Kingston, Ontario to buy a damn house. Good man, good man. Him and, <laughs> him and Billy Peach. That's a scary real estate team, man. Uh, buy this house or we're going to put you in that trash can over there. <laughs> Pick you up by the scruff of your neck like a little baby cat. <laughs> no, I, I think Montreal. Concordia had the week one by... Uh, they haven't seen game action, but they had the joint practice with Carlton. I I find it tough to bet against Montreal when yeah. they're playing anyone other than Laval. Yeah. And yes, Sherbrooke's got them the last couple of years on the road. I think Senecal is clicking. This is year three for him in the system. He is firing on all cylinders to start. And for them... Concordia is just going to get in the way. I have a feeling. Yeah, no, this is a this is a tough one for Concordia. Like you said, they hadn't had a week one game. They did have the joint practices, but there's nothing like taking those game reps. Montreal has already had 
Montreal already has, you know, one game under their belt. They look damn good in that game. So I, I think this is just going to be uh, a tough matchup for Concordia to start the season. Um, and I'm with you. I see, I see this as a Montreal win. But because we do have so many games to get to, let's move off of this one. Let's move into the next Quebec game. And I think this one actually is going to be a little bit closer than the Montreal-Concordia game. We have the Sherbrooke Ver- or taking on the McGill Redbirds at McGill. Another 7 p.m. kickoff. This one has... Tondress, Robichaux. Yeah, that's where I was kind of going. This one has the ability, Connor, to be a effing phenomenal game. Could because be Anthony Robichaux could sling it. Laton Tress can sling it. They're both exciting playmakers moving around in the pocket. But last week, we didn't see either of them make those kind of plays. Robichaux well, had yeah. what three picks? We got to take that dress, a little bit of. Didn't have too much. I know we have to take it with a grain of salt. It, that's those are tough matchups. McGill going against Montreal, Sherbrooke going against Laval. I think this one, um, you know, I'm with you. We we didn't see that from these quarterbacks last week, but I think that was a little bit of a product of of who they were playing. Uh, I think these teams are a little bit more evenly matched than say they were last week against the top two teams in the conference to the to the top four teams in the country as the U Sports top 10 did come out this week. But yeah, I, I think uh this one, like you were saying off the top, this one has the ability to be a light show. Robichaux, like you said, can sling the ball. Laton dress proved it last year. And you know, Sherbrooke, all things considered in that La- Laval game, I do like the talent on the Sherbrooke roster. Yeah, it's just like we said with Concordia this week, you're in tough when you play the Carabin or the Rouge Or. Yeah. Yeah. So exciting. This one could be a really high flying game, like you mentioned. So if you are around, first of all, Molson Stadium. Go I'll go as out. far as to say that it it's probably the better of the two games in the RSEC this weekend. No, I think that's definite. Yes. I don't think Concordia can hang. And I think these two teams, like you mentioned, are even more evenly matched. It's so we could at one. least get, yeah, at least get some fireworks, exciting football, nonetheless. Two damn good quarterbacks. I think, you know, and any anytime you have a good quarterback matchup, it, it's going to make for a fun game, especially two teams that, you know, let their quarterbacks throw. These guys were up over 27 pass attempts each last week. I'm excited. Uh, what I'm more excited for, Connor, Can West comes out the hop. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I know you're excited to get there, but let's make a pick here first. Sherbrooke or, or McGill? McGill. Ooh, I'm going the other way. I'm going Sherbrooke. I, I just, I would like to see Laton Dress take care of the football. And if he does that, it's going to be great. Uh, okay. Can right. West get excited. They come out of the hop. They match the CFL in terms of Labor Day matchups. I love it. Battle of Alberta, week one. That's usually, they usually try to start them actually against each other every other season, I'd say. Uh, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, a little bit, little Mini bit. Banjo Bowl. Yeah. If it was Regina, Manitoba, I'd say full on Banjo Bowl. But Saskatchewan, you know, out in Saskatoon. Little bit different, but Regina gets to take on UBC. Circle your calendars for that one, folks. Three I mean, for all these games, really, but that one golden is, matchups. Yeah. Because Manitoba, they're ranked pretty well, but it's a year of turnover. Jackson Tachinsky is back as the quarterback. There's no more Des Catelier. As much as we were calling for Jackson to be the full-time starter last year, they stuck with Des, stuck with the man they knew. But Jackson adds an extra element to this offense. Saskatchewan, however, they're also going with a new quarterback. Yeah, they're going to be forced to. No more Mason Nias, who was you know, a veteran presence on that team for years and arguably you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the nation last year took his team to the national semifinal. 
what three years in a row yes <laughs> yeah because they no, played but... you know they, they had to play x they had to play western and then they had to play um montreal. Play Laval? Montreal. montreal montreal there's the third no but, but yeah I, I think the uh the rise of Anton Amundrund is going to be one to watch for Connor. Uh, second year guy, 6'3, 225, so bigger than Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I do not believe for a second those are his real measurements. God, no, they are not, not. for a um, second. But just Amundrin, like I don't believe that guy shot a 62. 62, I thought it was 67. 67, whatever it was. He didn't shoot it. Get out of my face with that. No, I, I think this is a, a time that the Saskatchewan defense, it's going to be kind of like Guelph. The defense is going to hold them in the game until Amundrud is comfortable. And then he's just going to light it up to guys like Daniel Perry, Kabongo, and they're just going to start flying around the field. Um, I still am holding on to my UBC prediction as the Hardy Cup winners. but. Saskatchewan, if they can let him get comfortable in this game, as him as in their younger quarterback, they will start to really click throughout the season. But I think it's pivotal that Nick Weeb and the defense gets some early stops and good field position. Yeah, couldn't have said it better. I, I couldn't have said it better. The one thing that I want to highlight for both these quarterbacks is as they are stepping into starting roles now with each of their teams in uh, Saskatchewan and Manitoba, they have veteran playmaking receivers to kind of lean on and help them down the field. Like you mentioned, Daniel Perry and Daniel Perry and Cabongo in Saskatchewan. And, you know, we cannot forget about AK Gazma in Manitoba. These are, these are three damn good playmakers. Daniel Perry uh, went to a CFL camp returning now for Saskatchewan. He's going to be taking that experience with him. Gazma and East West bowler himself. I know he didn't play. Didn't, did he play in the game? No, he didn't play in the game. I know he didn't end up playing in the game, but still that experience is going to come back with him. He went and practiced against the, you know, the best of the best, best in the country. So these two wide receivers, three wide receivers, really, you should be circling on your on your stat sheet at home. Don't forget about the run game in that one either. Uh, like I mentioned, Kabongo, but Manitoba got after it last year with Stubbs. Let's go to the Battle of Alberta. Uh, Calgary seems like they're going to have a new quarterback in place. Alberta rocking with Hatlinger. You haven't really heard too much out of Alberta in this offseason, whereas some of the other guys like UBC have been making noise with the guys coming back, and Manitoba's making noise with Tichinski, and Saskatchewan has a larger question. Alberta's kind of flown under the radar. Yeah, yeah, they really have. And I think it's uh I think it's about time we start, you know, highlighting these Alberta Golden Bears because well, I I don't know if they're necessarily going to challenge for the Hardy Cup this year. I think they are going to make a lot of noise in this Canada West conference. Eli Hetlinger is, is a phenomenal quarterback and he has a good cast around him. And we know the one thing we absolutely know about the university of Alberta is they have a damn good offensive line year in year out. And, you know, I know this is the Canada West conference, but something that was made apparent to us over and over and over again, as we did the OUA previews by coaches, was you win football games at the line of scrimmage. And I think the University of Alberta, on the offensive side of the ball, can win football games at the line of scrimmage. Year in, year out, they have one of the best offensive lines in the country, and they are one of the best at developing offensive linemen in the country. And Coach Morris and his staff. As the Golden Bears kind of look to take that next step, Connor, I want to kind of switch to Calgary and their look because I think it was two weeks ago we mentioned how 
they've been kind of searching since JJ and Sinagra have departed. Not really searching for a quarterback. Yes, they are doing that, but searching for a new identity as an offense. And they've got a guy coming in, Don Britton, who took the Okanagan Sun last year to a national title. And it's looking like, Connor, he's going to be the guy that they lean on. Once again, Donald Trump, 6'3", looks about 215. <laughs> um, but I think that when he comes in, the receivers they have, the ability they have to stretch the field, and the protection he's going to get from guys like Bose is going to make a huge difference for his comfort level early on. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you on that one. I think, uh, again, for him, it's a matter of, you know, finding that comfortability, like you were saying, can he be the leader? It doesn't have to be vocal. It doesn't have to be rah-rah. But, you know, can he lead with his play? Can he lead in the huddle? Can he lead and sustain offensive drives and move the ball downfield? The other thing I want to highlight about the, uh, about the Dinos is, you know, we know that they are, like we were saying about Alberta with their offensive line, we know the Calgary Dinos are notorious for having real good defensive secondary units. And I think that is going to be something to watch for in Jacob this Biggs as well. Back again. Jacob Biggs and his crew, a healthy crew in the back end for the or a healthy crew in the back end for the Calgary Dinos, I think could make for a messy day for the Alberta Golden Bears and Eli Hetlinger should they be flying around the field and making plays. All right, UBC Regina, then we'll give our picks for Can West. Garrett Rooker, this... back. Isaiah Knight, back. Theo, Geo, back, back. Um, Regina has got a lot of guys returning as well, but Connor... UBC is my favorite for a reason. UBC is my favorite for a reason as well. I agree. This is like, and I will, I want to say, I know I said it already off the top, but man, man, this is my circled, starred, underlined, bolded, italicized match of the week. I am so excited for this UBC Regina home opener. Also shout out, coach phil reacts he is in regina for the weekend he will be at this regina rams home opener what a game that he gets to experience as his first canadian u sports game coach look out for the damn t-birds hey 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 not so fast because deshaun mims pelletier and the regina rams are returning just as many players They've got Ryder Vargas back too. Yeah. <laughs> the one, Mind the you, one their defense, their defense has got seven. Seven new starters. But Connor, yeah. this offense, it put up points last year. It's going it's to put, put up, up this year. a lot of points this year. Well, and I think Deshaun Mims, you know, I think I think it was Marsh that tweeted it out during the East West Bowl. I don't know if this is going to happen. I mean, there's still a lot of really damn talented wide receivers in the in the country. Marsh, I think Marsh said Mims was the best wide receiver in the country. Um, <laughs> I think he has an opportunity to be one of the best in the country. I don't know if he's going to be the best in the country when all said and done. You know, selfishly, why not? Yeah, I, I hope. You know, I hope every time I hear that, I hope that like x player is the best in the country because that means you sports football is doing their thing but I, i'm gonna go as far as to say one of maybe not the one but one of for sure but that's all to say that the regina rams have a damn talented offense and they're gonna put up points like you said the one player that i think they are really going to miss though and when you're playing a team like ubc with the you know, talent and level Let of me guess. play that they have on the offensive line. AB is 
Maybe. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Anthony Bennett, for those who don't know. But when you were playing a, an offensive unit, an offensive line with the pedigree like the UBC T-Birds have in uh, Giovanni Manu and Theo Benedet, reigning JP Metris Trophy winner, uh, you miss a guy like Anthony Bennett. Mind you, on the flip side, I bet you UBCs can be missing late Cordy Moore. Especially oh, yes. considering the offensive line is mostly returned, including our guy, Holdor, Parker Hodel. <laughs> uh, no, Connor, this this Regina team, as much as I want to pick UBC by a landslide, it's not going to be that far apart. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And our fan favorite from the East-West Bowl, Jackson Sombach, will be Ooh. cruising. Uh, Jackson Fuchs as well is going to be there, so they're going to have some talent on the back end. It's just going to be a lot of new faces. Yeah. So I, I expect the Regina Rams to be full of piss and vinegar when they come flying out at Mosaic on Friday night. Well, tonight. Uh, I'm excited for it. I, I really... UBC needs to show me a lot because this is probably one of their toughest opponents. They're on the road. And this is where they have to make the statement to say, hey, we're putting our flag in the center of the field. Come and push us off the top. Okay, I have two things that I want to say. Give me 30 seconds, not even 15. Give me 15 seconds to spend on Jackson Song back here. And then I've got something else. Okay, hold on. Let me get my timer up. We're going to do this professionally. Okay. So use my... Okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay. Every football fan in the building tonight or watching or however you're seeing this game needs to have their eyes on Jackson Sonback because this guy is not the tallest guy on the field, but he's absolutely rocked. He's going to get in the backfield. He's going to make plays. We saw it at the East-West Bowl. This guy is a baller. Okay, done there. He paused after I said go. I don't know if it's the Zoom lag, but the official time is 16.45 but because you had the pause off the hop i'm gonna give it to you okay appreciate you appreciate you that's all i wanted to say i didn't want to spend like too much time on jackson sombach but he is by far one of my favorite players um in the cfl draft class this year i don't know if he's going to be a draft guy but he's going to be in the class he's one of my favorite players one of your favorite players after the east he's just exciting he doesn't he doesn't measure out to be your typical pro player. He's strong. But he, he makes all of the plays that you would want a pro guy to make. Yes. Yes. So now, staying on this game for a little bit longer, I want to play a quick mini game with you. Okay. Hot or not. The hot means hot take or not hot take. So hot or not, gauge me here. This UBC Regina matchup could be could be, let me stress that, could be a Hardy Cup preview. Not not a hot take. Um, Boom. I think with the questions around Saskatchewan and Manitoba kind of, I don't want to say going through a change at quarterback because they had Tachinsky play a chunk of the season two years ago. Coming back to Tachinsky and the style of offense that he plays, because it's different than Dez. It is a lot more exciting and electric. Uh, I think that this could very well be a matchup. I think, unfortunately, for the Alberta teams, Calgary and the uh, Golden Bears, the four that we have talked about, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Regina, UBC, are all going to be the semifinals. And it's up to the teams that we're, we're talking about now, UBC and Regina, to make sure that they're in position to host those games and move on to the Hardy Cup. They have the talent. They have the coaches. They have the experience. It's just about taking that next step. And with that, picks. Saskatchewan, Manitoba, you are going? Saskatchewan. Yep, UBC, Regina, you are going? UBC. I'm going UBC on a last, like, under three-point win for UBC. Yeah, this is going to be line, really tight. 
if there was like a quote unquote gambling line for this game, it should be one and a half to Regina just for the the home because the home team usually in a tight game gets the advantage usually. So home team one and a half for Regina in this one for me, if there was a hypothetical gambling line. And Calgary, Alberta. Calgary. I'm going Alberta here. Experience, experience, experience early on. Um, okay, so I've got three road dogs in Can West. I'm going to get bitten. I'm going to get By bitten one of them. so hard. <laughs> By one of them. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm actually four for five in road dogs this week. Uh, <laughs> and I'm about to go five of six because the next one is St. Francis at Acadia. Okay, let's talk for a second about the Acadia win last week. We did at length. I know, but this this is not something that they can sustain. 104 no. yards of offense? Come on. No. St. FX is going to push you into the dirt and bury you six feet under. And then yes. stand on top and chant, ride the bus. Ride the bus. And that means Malcolm Bussy, for those of you who don't know, who haven't heard us say this all of last year. But let's let's do a little little comparison here. By comparison, what was what was Acadia's? Give me Acadia's total offense. Oh, it was uh, again, 144. 104 passing, 144 total. total. Yeah. So comparatively, same effects, total yards of offense, 273 yards of offense on 53 plays in the rain. Oh, they got they got a couple yards taken away. 143 with 97 net passing. Silas Fanyo went 150 and two in the rain. Malcolm Bussey went 115 on the ground. This is going to be a tough matchup for a team that only found four first downs. You want to know what's more concerning for me? Four quarters of football. Brant Berzik and Justin Vogels. The quarterback and lead rusher for Mount A. Both were over a century. Both had yes. over 100 yards rushing. <laughs> yes. Like, what this do you is... think Fagnon and Bussy are sitting there doing this week? Hey, dude. We're going to run. You want to go for 150? Hell yeah. Dude, I, I wouldn't. For 150. <laughs> wouldn't be surprised if Malcolm Bussy got 20 carries this week. No, you just have to feed the man. And Alex Fedchin is going to be a monster. This this defensive unit as a team had a ridiculous day last week. They are going to bully the Acadia Axemen at the point of attack in this one. Yeah, it's not going to be a, a close game in my eyes. No. But the other one could be. Smew at Bishops. What do you think? First look at Smew this year. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. This is going to be, for me, this is all about what sort of progression did the Huskies make from what was a very underwhelming 2022-2023 season. I think if they come out and they show growth, they show that, you know, look, we're a different football team. And I don't even think they have, for me anyways, the tell for me in this one is, you know, I, I don't even think that they have to, necessarily score 14 points in the first yes, quarter do. or anything like that. Oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I no, yeah, not in the first quarter. Like they don't need to come out and and put up a whole whack of points in the first quarter, but they need to come out and show that they have that in them where they can they can dominate at the point of attack again and that at any given moment in this game they can take it over. They need to come out and show that they are the aggressors. They need to come out and show that they are not just going to be pushed to the side like they were last year because it was a tough year, but they do have some really good playmakers. I'm all over Bishops for this one. Their quarterback looked really good last week against a yeah. top-end defense. Um, he was able to take shots in the rain, which I found impressive. He had really good accuracy downfield, and he's willing to run. I think this Bishops team, Connor, they're big. I think they have an offensive lineman that's at least three bills, 350. Um, he looked massive, but they try to push teams around. Obviously, X, you know, the big dog can kind of hold their weight. 
but Bishops leans on you and they're going to be at home. It's probably a frosh game. Going to be a big crowd. Uh, I think that this quarterback and this offense are really going to open it up against St. Mary's <laughs> and they're going to, they're going to kind of walk, walk their walk in this one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. The thing that, you know, you know, you talked about their quarterback in, in Justin Kirion, And I think that, you know, he's a really valuable asset to this team throws for 273 against the pass rush that X brought. But what I want to highlight about this Bishop's team, and, you know, this was one of my main questions going into last week was what are they going to look like defensively without Baron miles still there? And they still look pretty damn good defensively. And I, I want to talk about their secondary specifically. I know I'm biased and people are going to start calling me on that because they talked about the Calgary secondary as well. Sue me. I like DBs, but in this one, I think it is important to highlight because they have playmakers in the back end for them. They had six PBUs against Silas Fagnon and the St. FX X-Men last week in, in a tough game. A guy like Jacob Matheson had three to himself. Gabriel Royer had the interception on the day. And Yanni Goodfell had an interception and a PBU to himself as well. Defensively, in the secondary, they get after the ball. They fly around. They make plays. They make life miserable for a quarterback. And that, I think, is going to be a difference maker in this one. When they start to rattle, when they start to rattle the Huskies offense a little bit, when they start to come away with the ball in the air, when they start knocking them down at the line of scrimmage, it's tough to establish any for any sort of rhythm as a quarterback. And I think that Bishops' secondary is going to be a difference maker in this one. All right. Now let's get to the conference everyone knows we're a part of. It's no big surprise. The OUA. Uh, should we start it with Ooh. the Carlton Ravens? Yep. Let's keep running it down. Let's let's keep going chronological here. Season opener for Corey Grant and the Carlton Ravens. 1 p.m. game kicking off the Sunday slate of games in the OUA. They've got a tough, tough, tough test. They're going to be playing the Laurier Golden Hawks, who just, I don't want to say stunned, but stunned the Queens Golden Gales at home at Richardson to come away with an 11-10 win. And yeah, they didn't score any touchdowns, but this offense looked damn good. And this defense, led by Brubaker, looks menacing. Body by Brubaker seems to be a threat to everyone around. Uh, they looked really solid, Connor, in terms of situational football. And I think that Carlton being a young team, that's going to be a large question for them. So I, I'm expecting Laurier to come out. Their DBs and their defense, Carlton's athletic enough that they're going to challenge a lot of what Laurier is trying to do offensively. But for me, this one comes down to the playmakers offensively have to score points. Mind you, mm -hmm. I say that and Acadia won last week. Um, you have to score points to be able to keep up with teams in this conference. And this is going to be a tough ask for the Carlton Ravens. Yeah. The, the questions that I have with, with Carlton this year is, you know, we know there was a little bit of a, a quarterback battle in camp. So, you know, if it is LeFave's team, what does he look like? Because for those that aren't OUA fans or don't follow the OUA as closely, Tanner DeYoung, not there anymore, has graduated. He was the veteran presence at quarterback for what feels like the last seven years. I know it's not quite that long, but it, it feels like it a little bit. Um, you know, LeFave did have to step in when Tan had that injury a couple seasons ago. But if he is the full-time starter now, you know, what kind of quarterback is he? How is he going to lead this team? Again, his one saving grace, much like we talked about in the Can West Conference with the two young quarterbacks there, Kasim Ferdinand for the Carlton Ravens is an offensive. Kasim Ferdinand for the Carlton Ravens is just an explosive play waiting to happen. He had 528 yards, seven touchdowns. He was averaging 12 yards a catch. He is a playmaker, and I think that he is really going to help propel the Carlton offense, no matter who's that quarterback. 
you know he's your number one target. Yeah, and I think having that kind of stability in your playmakers and in your weapons is ultimately what's going to help Carlton grow. But they have a lot of guys that they're going against, as we mentioned, that are experienced in that. A guy like Ife Onyamanam, or Ife, sorry, Onyamanam. Uh, so Laurier obviously riding high after a big win. How does that turn around now look? Next game on the slate, York at Waterloo. York obviously coming off of the tough uh, matchup against Western, to say the least. Waterloo, four interceptions against a experienced Ottawa defense. Uh, this team looks to me like they're going to rebound and make a lot of plays downfield. York, though, showed some some uh, bright spots early on in the game. Yeah, for me, for both teams, this game is all about resiliency. Who is going to forget about last week? You're one. You're you're zero one. Who cares? Bounce back. Who's going to bounce back? Who's going to push that out of their mind and and show that they don't care and that they're going to come out of this with a win? They're going to get their first win of the season. Both have young quarterbacks, talented, pretty talented quarterbacks as well. Waterloo, you know, had a, a Quentin Springer, the running back for Waterloo, had a really good game against the GGs, as did Justin Sucre, who I believe had almost 90 yards and a touchdown in that one. James Vasiliga had a little bit of a quiet game, but I don't think we can forget about him. And then on the defensive side, Jack Andrews had a really good game. Tyson Hergott had a really good game. So Waterloo for me, going home, having a home game, spending the week preparing to play in your domain is really helpful. York on this side of the ball too, like like you said, they they did show some things that you know looked really good on film. Owen Webb, all things considered, don't really think he had a bad day by any stretch. Alfred Ole, pretty quiet game. But was still, you know, one of the one of the go-to guys. Reds and Daly being back really helps this team. Where I think that they need to focus and find some some more success is in their backfield. Melchus Alunga was clearly the number one back. Uh, yardage was was hard to come by for the York Lions against a, a very damn good Western run-stopping team. But I think that you know they need to retool a little bit find some ways to get creative in the run game because Ilonga is is a talented player, is a talented running back. So I think uh, in, in this one for both teams, it's just, it's about resiliency. And I think really Caban, I think really Caban, obviously, like I'm, I'm saying the obvious, needs to cut down the interceptions, but some of those throws is what it is. Interceptions happen in football. That's just a football play, but you know, I think again the focus the focus for him in this one is just protecting the ball, putting it in spots where you know if you're going to take a shot, sure, by all means, do it. You have the arm, you have the talent, but make sure it's your guy or no guy, and make sure you're putting your playmakers in positions of success. Not that he wasn't doing that, but you know that's just the key to the key to limiting interceptions. I think the one. I don't want to say bright spot for York, but the one thing that they are going to really need in this game to come away with their first one of 2023 is JJ Messier to have a game like he did last week where, you know what? He was on fire against a really tough offensive line and it allowed York to kind of open it up and say, we can make some plays. With Caban, the way he tries to extend plays, if J.J. Messier can get after him and really put pressure on this Waterloo offense to move the pocket, to spend more resources on him, it's going to make a world of difference for this team. 100%. 100%. He's a game-breaker. He's a playmaker. Uh, he has the ability to you know, be one of those, those premier mess-the-play-up guys that we love 
But we still do have three more games left in the OUA to get through. Huge weekend for football in in U Sports. So let's move on. This is going to be a fun one for us. The Ottawa GGs hitting the road, traveling down the four, traveling <laughs> down the four sixteen to the four seventeen to the four oh one to the to the DVP to, the, to, the, to, the, to, the, <laughs> <laughs> to downtown Toronto to take on your varsity blues. The GGs, obviously, as we just stated, coming off that win over the Waterloo Warriors. Toronto losing a tough one to a young team in the Guelph Griffins in week one. What do you got for us? Connor, 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 Connor. I think that this game has the potential to really take on a physical nature. But with the questions for us on Ben Miracle's health, if Lecandro plays, I think Toronto takes advantage. He was very inaccurate. And this is kind of why he was unable to take out James Keenan when they had their quarterback battle at Queens was Keenan offered them a consistent level of playmaking where Lecandro was, yeah, really splashy at times. But it was also to the point where he really struggled to gain momentum as an offense. I have a feeling that Lecandro could rely on his playmakers to kind of bail him out in that sense of, you know, you didn't have a whole lot of consistency. But Toronto's DBs, Connor, are athletic enough with Owen Casey um, that they're going to make teams really work for everything they get. And if Lecandro puts up a few arm punts, it's going to really swing the momentum in this game. I'm with you on this one. I think my biggest question mark heading into this game for either team is is the quarterback situation in Ottawa right now. What does Ryan Lacandro look like? How does he progress after let's assume we we never want to assume because we we all know the saying about assuming. But let's assume that Lacandro is the is the starter for this week after the non-contact that we saw Ben Miracle go down with. What does he come out and look like after getting team one reps this week? How is he going to build on on last week where he went sub 50%? They gave him 25 attempts. He only completed 12 for, for 133 and had an interception. Mind you, it was, a, it was a pretty good jump. It was a pretty good jump by by the, the Waterloo Warriors. Yeah, tip um, ball, but it's still but the warm. read was there. When you watch the play, the, the read was there. So yeah, my my biggest question mark in this game is is the quarterback situation in Ottawa right now. What do they look like if it is Ryan McCandler leading the team? And and you know my answer to that question, what they're going to look like if it is Ryan McCandler under center, is a run heavy offense. We saw Amlicar Polk last week. Yes, he had 142 yards. Yes, he went for that long 46 yarder, but. Take 42, take 42 of those yards away. He still had 96 rushing yards. Or sorry, take 46 of those away. He still had 96 rushing yards without that long 46-yard touchdown. And he had 22 attempts last week. 22. I don't know about you, but he was feeling 22 that week. Uh, okay. Here's my thing. Toronto really struggled at the start of the game against Isaiah Smith to get Guelph. Uh, and they're running attack into negative yardage or second and long. You think there's going to be an emphasis on it this week with Ottawa? <laughs> uh, I think there's going to have to be. There's going to have to be. When you look at Guelph's net rushing yards last week against Toronto, 220 rushing yards on 30 attempts. They're averaging 7.3 yards a carry. I don't care if it's Polk. I don't care if it's Lecander himself. If it's Camara, if it's Copeland, if it's Aslin, they are going to have to run the ball. Now, I'm assuming it will be Polk because he had 22 attempts. The next highest attempted rusher for Ottawa was Ben Miracle with two. So Amakar Polk is clearly the number one back in Ottawa. But yeah, they're going to run the rock. They're going to have to run the rock this week. And Toronto is going to have to focus on this. This feels like. A very obvious thing to say. This feels like 
no shit. If you watch football, you should know that. But Toronto is really going to have to focus on stopping the run because clearly against Guelph, they couldn't do it last week. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to be there for this one. I'm excited to see, well, A, Ottawa's quarterback situation, B, how the Toronto offense rebounds because they did come out flat and Ottawa's defense is just as good, if not better, than Guelph's. Yeah. I would I would argue I'm I'm biased. I would argue better. At least more veteran. At least I think more that's veteran. Fair. But I, I I don't I, I still don't think that should like if you're Toronto in this one, you shouldn't be afraid to run the ball. You have Adam Williams, you have Lucas Stoikos, Kinsale Phillip has a set of legs on him as well. You have the ability to run the ball. And you need to do that in order to be successful in the OUA. The OUA is a running league. The Power Football Conference. No matter which way you want to slice it. And for Guelph, they said, yeah, we're going to play into that this year. Toronto took a bit longer to get to it. Uh, Was it to their detriment? That's not for us to really say because... Every team has their game plan. Obviously, games go different ways. But I think for this upcoming game in particular, like you mentioned, get after it. Run the ball. You can't have nine attempts between Williams and Stoikos. You just can't. Those two players need to be up around 10 attempts each or more. If you're going to have a committee backfield, 10 to 12 attempts each. That's 20 to 24 rushes, rushing attempts in the game. You need to run the ball if you're, if you're Toronto. You have the ability. You have the playmakers. Well, speaking of running the ball, should we talk about the Windsor Lancers? Oh, you've man. Got a, you've got a man crush on Windsor. I do. I really do. I think it's like, A, well, a, it's my, family is, <laughs> my, yeah, my family's from Windsor. I am a Detroit sports fan, which naturally means... Anything Pain. remotely close to Detroit, I have to take a little bit of pride in. Not to mention that I've kind of been championing Windsor since like early last year. <laughs> but they looked legit. They looked legit last year. They were a playoff team last year. I, I know, think it, I before we get into this matchup, can I just say this is probably my game of the week in the OUA this week? Wow. Look at you going game of the week. It is. I think it is. It's a Connor Wade alumni matchup, and you're picking a different game as the game of the week. Yep. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. (laughs) Game of the week. Game of the week. All right. Tell me how it's your game of the week. Well, we saw what Windsor did to Mac in Mac at Mac at Ron Joy Stadium last week. Yes. I will I will concede that we were a fumble away, like you said in our recap. We were a fumble away from this game going the other direction. But Windsor's front seven is incredible. They were pressuring a young Keegan Hall the whole damn game last week. Danny Skelton shook off two ill-advised interceptions to come back and rip a touchdown pass to the back of the end zone to Colby Ginn. Not to mention the two-headed monster of Joey Zorn and Chris John. And manning the back end, the leader of that defense, Brenton McDougal, looked very good. Nobody wants to test him. On the other sideline, Guelph had themselves a damn coming out party. Tristan Abood is the dude. The defense looks fast. They fly around. They punch you in the mouth at the line of the scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. They can run the ball. And, oh, right, have I talked about the receiving core yet in Genesis and Kane Stevenson and Arsenault? No, no, I haven't yet. So that's why I think this is going to be a game of the week because these are two teams that are just going to play gritty football. They're going to go nine rounds. And whoever comes out less banged up, less scraped up, is going to win by decision, to use boxing terms here. But I think this is going to be a nine-round fight. 
and it is going to be a scrappy football game. Knock them out, drag them out kind of day. Absolutely. Also, before before I know I, I'm rambling on this game and it, like it's out of pure excitement, but I do want to say that my guy, Coach J.P. Cercelli, is the cleanest dressed coach on any sideline in the OUA. Absolute now, classic coaching vibe look from the man. Hold on here. Don't don't say cleanest because he wore a suit and tie. He didn't wear a suit and tie. He went khakis, nice pair of khakis. Khakis. State Farm. Khakis. Thank you. What are you wearing? Uh, khakis. Oh, um, yeah, shirt Jake from State Farm. <laughs> <laughs> and then he wore the dress shirt with the yellow and blue tie and threw a Windsor Lancers windbreaker over top. It was a good look. It was a clean look. Not to mention that, like, no matter what the call on the field is, no matter what happens on the field, he is just irate. <laughs> no level. This man is, if for all the Rick and Morty fans out there, true level. I I hear you on this game being the game of the week. I do. Um, to me, having Guelph football as a contender is so much better because they make everyone in the conference kind of pause briefly. Mm-hmm. And with them making so many moves that they have to get back in contention this offseason, you almost hoped, we hoped, that they would be this good and early on it's looking like our wish came true abood is the dude is the dude now i will say the one thing i will say about this one like we saw against toronto it took him a little bit of time to kind of find his rhythm get comfortable and you said you know don't let don't let guelph hang around in this one and that's exactly what toronto did and you know we saw what happened obviously last week with that Windsor has to take the same approach. You cannot let, like, if, if a boot gets off to a little bit of a, a laggy start, comes out of the gate a little bit slow, you cannot let him hang around. You have to do the exact same thing that you did to Keegan Hall last week in the MAC game, where you have another young quarterback. You need to get in his face. You need to make him uncomfortable. You cannot let him hang around. Yeah. I. All right. Let's move on here. Uh, we're taking. I could a talk long about this game for an the hour. Windsor Lancers. <laughs> not, not that's a bad thing. Um, but Connor McMaster, Western Keegan Hall, like you just mentioned, they're coming off a loss. They are coming off a loss to Windsor, an zero and one McMaster team that you know again really could have been could have been one and zero if not for a costly fumble. Western absolutely dominated in their win over York to start the year. This is going to be a test for McMaster. This is going to be a test at, you know, where they are and where they stack up this year. As it is with everyone playing Western, right? But I think with Mac, I said it in the preview, which you guys will see closer to the games, I'm guessing. They did not even really attempt to run the football. It wasn't even afterthought, I don't think, for this team. You're telling me you're going into Western with a one-dimensional offense? Sure, it's one dimension. It's Keegan Hall. That's a fantastic one dimension to have. But you need some kind of balance, some kind of ability to keep <laughs> Western off of quite frankly off your ass yeah yeah i mean we talked about we talked to like like we were talking about in the toronto game you know lucas stoikos and, and adam williams can't combine for nine rushing attempts well the mcmaster marauders had 11 total on the day you need to up that number significantly especially with the backfield that you have dan Bissett, is a hard runner, an angry runner. 
Keegan Hall has a set of legs on him, but he can't be your leading rusher and your quarterback. It just doesn't like it, it can, but you need, like you said, you need to find balance if you want to win games. And I, I don't think you should be relying on Keegan Hall to make plays with his legs. You want Keegan Hall making plays with his arm because that's the type of quarterback that he is. He is a stand in there, take the shot, make the throw, very cerebral, very good at reading what's given to him type quarterback. He's athletic, but that doesn't mean you want to use him as your number one running back. No, sadly, sadly, that is not the ideal game plan. Um, he was good at it. <laughs> but, <clears throat> Connor, we saw Western put up 50 points and a half of football. If you want to be one-dimensional, you want to let this offense stay on the field because you're going to basically tell them every play that you're going to be throwing the ball and they can stop it. The horses are going to get after you. Yazbek and Edwards are going to eat a lot of clock. And you're going to end up in the game similar to they were last week, where all of a sudden they look up in the fourth floor and they're like, oh, we need to move this. We need to get this ball downfield. Yeah, you, you kind of have to. That's how <laughs> that's how you win the game. Uh, but for this team, like you mentioned, he can stand in and deliver. Jackson Cooling, Jacob Patton, all those guys can make these different plays. You need to find a way to get Dan Bissett and the offensive line involved in the run game. Yes, that is my that's my biggest thing with Mac in this one is you know figure your run game out, especially because they're on the road. Connor, what's our saying? Well, I think this is just a football saying, but defense and run games, baby. But yeah, run games no, and I, defense, a hundred percent, one hundred percent. And the other thing that I want to highlight, I think we did highlight a little bit but they're defensively and I don't want to be you know overly cri- critical or sound like I'm being you know rude or anything but defensively they need to tighten up a little bit they gave up 409 yards of offense to Windsor we saw Evan Hillock go out and put up 305 by himself in one half of football and oh what happened in the backfield, the Western Mustangs rushing attack had three running backs near 100 yards. They had three receivers with two touchdowns, and two of them had 100 yards, and one of them had 99. So three receivers with two touchdowns and 100 yards. You really need to focus on your defense this week and figuring out what you are going to do to combat a high-power Western Mustangs offense. With that being said, that's all the games we've got, Connor. Picks. Let's make some picks. All right. Carlton Laurier? Laurier. Yep. York Waterloo? Waterloo. Waterloo. Good asking. (laughs) (laughs) Ottawa, Toronto? Ottawa. Wait, now, if Ben Miracle plays, Ottawa. If Ryan LeCantro plays, Toronto. Ottawa. I will side with you if Ben Miracle is in the game. Ottawa. Uh, Guelph Windsor? Windsor. Tristan Abood. Windsor. Vishon Genusis. It's in the name. Windsor. Anthony Mortuzo. The Guelph Griffins, Connor. Windsor. I don't think Windsor is ready for the speed of Guelph's defense, quite frankly. I mean, they might not have to be when they're controlling the clock on the ground. Just take the speed of their defense out of the game. Hit them in the middle of the line. <laughs> it's in the name. The, the Literally, the first three letters of Windsor are win. So, I'm going with Windsor. All right. Connor's going Windsor. I'm going Guelph. Tristan Abood, I clearly have full confidence in you. Um, so do I. Good, <laughs> good quarterback. <laughs> We call him the dude. He's the he dude. Is. The big Lebowski. Yeah. There's the, the there's the, the good dude. Reference. There's the good reference. I'm full of them today. 
I don't know. I think uh, I think this game is going to be, like you said, the game of the week. Mac Western. I'm going Western. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Western until proven otherwise. What do you mean? What do you mean? It's it's. <laughs> no, I I uh, I'm going Western. So if Ben Miracle doesn't play. I have all, oh, no, no, Guelph, Guelph, uh, Guelph's my lone road dog in OUA. All right, I started really hot on road dog, so I was worried there that I did a complete 180. All right, uh, CFL news. Trey Ford, player of the month. Player of the month, people. I think it was, what, three, two? Back-to-back, back-to-back PFF, top quarterback. And player of the month. Also, I just want to I want to highlight with that real quick. His passer rating after the win at home, one fifty eight point three. For those who know, that is the that's like scoring a hundred percent on a test. That's, that that's, that's what that equates to. QBR. It you is a correct. perfect QBR. And we can't even like we can't even say anything about the reads or the attempts or anything anymore because he only missed like four passes through for 300 no interceptions and a touchdown trey ford is is here he has arrived he threw for 300 to gino lewis who dunked on <laughs> no 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 I taking know, this know. one this away is, from trey there's nothing you can do to he was from it he he was tremendous in that game ah very good you don't even have to change the spelling on that one I didn't. I capitalized it for our last podcast episode. It was Trey Mendes. We've gotten we've gotten some good names going over the years, I will say. But uh Connor, enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Getting out of the do we city. Wanna do, do we want to do uh quick picks? Not not talk about the game, just like picks for the weekend. Montreal BC. Uh BC in a bounce back on the road, Montreal. No, I'm going Montreal. Okay. Saskatchewan, Winnipeg. I think that's an easy one. The Bombers. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> what What do you mean? No Harris, no fine. I mean, Dola Gala has looked all right, but yeah, it's it's Calaris and the crew. What are you What are you talking about? Uh, look at you going with the alliteration today. Calaris and the crew. Um Mr. Mr. Three-year contract extension himself, Chad Kelly, taking on the Hamilton Tiger Cats in a Labor Day Classic. His first. This is first his first. La- you well, never forget your first. Not his first. His, his first is a starter. Yeah, I guess. First is a starter. He experienced it last year. Connor, I hate to say this. It's the Argos. <laughs> yeah. I don't hate to say it. Yeah. That's a no-brainer this week, I think. Uh, the Thai yeah. Cats. you don't want to say they like punched above their weight class, but they played, above their, assessment. they played above their skis last week. Yeah. And the Argos coming off a bye. I don't know. I just have a feeling this game is going to go very one-sided, very quick when Chad Kelly and the guys get rolling. Definitely. Definitely. All right, final game. Battle of Alberta. Edmonton on the road in Calgary. Trey Ford getting the start. What are you picking here? Because this is going to be a pain for me. I am uh I'm all aboard the tray train. Tracks are gonna keep on keep the train's gonna keep on moving down the tracks. It is going to barrel through what I do not I believe I do not believe in the Calgary Stampeders. I do not believe in Jake Mayer. And right now a loaded Edmonton team, loaded as in like returning guys to to full health. Edmonton is going to stomp 
the stamps. Now you see, here is my difficulty. You know how I feel about Jake Mayer, correct? <laughs> yeah, he's coming off a bad game, so I mean, like we got it. We're, we we got to be in for a like five hundred yard performance. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going with the stance based off of the Jake Mayer inconsistency probability. Um, is it? Is it really? Is it really like an inconsistency, or is this just like? Well, yes. Okay, it is. It he's is, consistently it is. inconsistent. Yeah, this is this is a pattern now. Bad game, good game. Bad game, good game. A pattern of challenging behavior, Connor, to say the least. Oh, no, no, no. Excuse us. Excuse us. In the game, in the CNA game against Toronto, he was he had 387 yards and four touchdowns. So this is the Jake Mayer bad game. No, no. They still lost, which means Jake Mayer is going to come out in a win and go ballistic. Yeah, but like 400 yards and four touchdowns. That is not a bad game by any means. They got a lot of freebies last week. <laughs> yeah, I think every single Toronto DB was out of the game at one point or another. Uh, but I'm betting on Jake Mayer. I'm going to yikes! Do just because he drives me crazy and is so inconsistent, I just have to. I have to crazy. do it. Who? Who? <laughs> um, no, I'm 110 percent going to regret this decision. But it is my decision to live with. And it's not going to be a fun one. (laughs) I'm at this point just ready to have him not disposed of, but like I'm ready for a team to move off of him. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. No, I do. I feel you. Gosh darn it, Jake Mayer. All right, that was our quick picks. If you want to get some high-quality coaching merch, head to fox40shop.com, enter the code CFP at checkout to get 15% off your whistle needs. That's all for us. Enjoy Labor Day. Be safe, as always. If you're out on boats, make sure you have your Fox 40 nautical safety equipment. Um, Enjoy Labor Day. Enjoy the football. It's the start of fall. I'm seeing leaves falling in my yard, Connor. Not excited. But that means it's like football, football season. Absolutely. Absolutely it does. Can't complain when that happens. Enjoy the weekend, guys. See you around. See you next week.